This, this, this is, 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 Fight Disciples. Welcome to podcast episode number 838. We are the Fight Disciples. This is your MMA review from the weekend just gone. Lots to get stuck into. Before we get stuck into it, though, please subscribe to us. Uh, however you consume our podcast, there is a button to hit which will make sure that you never miss out on any of our content. If you want a different option, you can go and have a look at our website, fightdisciples.com, Spotify, Apple, Google Play, the lot. We are everywhere. Please get stuck in. We're also on YouTube, so you can watch us as well. Uh, Fight Disciples on the YouTube platform. Thank you very much. If you have already done those things that uh, I have requested. Um, Apex was the destination at the weekend behind closed doors uh, for a little mm. bit of uh, UFC action. Um, before we get stuck into it, though, I've been I've been uh, thinking about the UFC 300 main event. Careful. No, now we've all are we, seen... are we are we in unison that it's getting announced during the Super Bowl on Sunday? That's what I was gonna say, man. I've been th- I've been trying to put together. The dots, the crossing the uh, T's and dotting the I's and all that type of thing. Yeah. And obviously that little social media video dropped last week where we saw that there is going to be a main event still to be announced. Loads of people are getting involved in throwing this this way and throwing this this way. As you saw, Israel Adesanya put in a 300 on his Instagram. You've got yeah. Connor saying X, Y, and Z. You've got Tom Aspinall. You've got uh, Leon Edwards last night saying, I've dreamt something in, and now it's manifested into real life. I'm thinking, lads, you're all taking me down these crazy paths. Dana's phoned them all up. He said, right, boys, I need you to do X, Y, and Z. Get them all off the beaten track because we're coming with a big one. We're coming with a big one this week. It's Super Bowl week in the States, 100%. I believe that it's going to be announced at some point this week that UFC uh, main event. Would they do it at the halftime show? Could you get well, Usher? Could you get Usher to do it? <laughs> Who is the halftime entertainment? Is it Usher? Usher, yeah. All oh, right, okay. Yeah, I think no. It's, well, don't forget the the most expensive advert on television is the Super Bowl adverts. They they, they go global every year. And I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if they bought airtime, if they bought an advert airtime during the Super Bowl. He's to back. Just have McGregor. McGregor walking out to the oh, smoke. mate. Mate. Honestly, instant fucking erection. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that would be incredible. What if that is. Ha- Listen, dinner ain't daft, right? He will be watching. Mr. Turkey Al Sheik and yep. his uh, Steven Spielberg movie promotions for uh, for these fights. Okay, he's not announcing him in a grandioso way, but he is absolutely building him in a grandioso way. Yeah. How do you top trump that? How do you sprinkle something on it? Dana, I know you're a fight disciple. I know you're watching the show. Super Super Bowl halftime show. He's back. And just a picture of McGregor. <laughs> Let's go. How good would that I be? I wouldn't be, I think um I think it's almost certainly going to be announced during this week. Uh, again, yeah. the Super Bowl is in Las Vegas this week. So what you'll find is for the rest of this week now, there's countless media days. Like it's a full week of build up. Radio Raw every just, day, mate. Celebs, it's insane. Everything. 
celebrities there, you name it. They literally fucking pick holes out of this match inside and outside for five or six days straight. It's insane. All kinds of ceremonial things and all that. It's crazy. All culminating, of course, in Sunday's game. When then Pepsi, Chevrolet, you know, Apple, all the biggest brands on the planet drop their first time seeing adverts during the Super Bowl. I just think the UFC have gone right. Save us an advert slot. Save us a slot. We're ready to go. UFC and I just see it. I can just see an octagon come up. UFC 300. Smoke inside the in the cage, and then just see this silhouette, Billy walking in. Oh, <laughs> no! And then the colours will change to orange, green, uh, white, green, white, and orange. And then Connor will just fucking walk up to the camera with his big beard and all that. The king is back, baby. There you go. There you go. I'll be like, boom. Touchdown, motherfucker. <laughs> Touchdown. <laughs> How good would that be? It's insane. Absolutely insane. Anyway, just, just a thought, just a highlight, because obviously people might watch the show. They're not into the NFL and be aware that that is the case. But that is what's going on this week. I would be absolutely gobsmacked, especially with it being in Vegas exactly. that we don't find out. So at some point this week, I mean, that would be the dream to drop it in the fucking Super Bowl halftime. Mm-hmm. But at some point this week, for Dana White, what's up, everybody? And away we go. It's on. Mm-hmm. Um, now then, calming down a touch and going back to the apex for the action that took place <laughs> at the weekend. Uh, performance of the night, Rude Boy Randy Brown and Meatball Molly McCann. 50 Woo-hoo! G's in your fight bin. Uh, and fight of the night was McSoom against Johnson. Fourth time uh, that Molly McCann has received a performance bonus from the UFC. The first time that we can refer to her on the show, and you know that the title's coming, ladies and gentlemen, the Meatball Sub. Yes, it's there. I've been waiting for years to be able to put that on the program, and we finally got it. First one in a <laughs> MMA career, the Meatball has a submission on mm-hmm. the resume. We might as well start Incredible. here, mate. I know it's Fucking prelims. Right. I know it's the featured prelim, but fuck it. Molly McCann gets her first submission of her career. Yeah, and she was incredible. You know, we did a we did a, I did a live hit with her on Thursday of last week, which went on our YouTube channel, which did some great views. Everyone's Pillow talk. seen that. That's Pillow a new talk, feature. Indeed. We want you interviewing fighters in bed. In That's bed. the new feature going forward. Pillow talk with Molly. Uh and you could just tell then, just the way she was talking, obviously she was ripped to bits. And then, you know, she was showing off what food she had to eat that day. That was on the Thursday before the weigh-in on Friday. She's eating chicken salad. She's eating a whole tub of sweet potato. Like, that's when you know, you know, we've all seen fighters within the last 24, 48 hours fucking uh, chewing ice cubes and spitting it out and chewing steak and spitting it out. Not eat, nil by mouth. And there's Molly having all kinds of meals and everything. That's just like that. That's when you knew, okay, she's come at this the right way. The last 14 months haven't been in vain. This have all been working towards this moment. But she was just serene as well. Like so many people messaged afterwards going, wow, Molly's changed. Molly's not like loud mouth, all brash and blah, blah, blah. And then when she got to the ceremony weigh-ins, if you remember, Belbita gives it the full, like, come on then. And usually Molly's like putting a forehead on people and it. Molly just stepped up to her, turned away and looked out to the crowd. 
And you're like, okay, something has changed. Not only physically, but mentally, there's been a shift here. There's been a shift in Molly McCann to go, right, everything that got me there, that's gone. I'm completely and utterly reinventing myself. And to have the victory that she did in the manner that she did, to submit somebody on the back of two submission defeats in the last two outings, to finally get the first submission of a career, it was literally like she just turned the book, turned the chapter in a book and go, remember that old meatball? She doesn't exist anymore. This is who I am right now. And I think she needs a new nickname. I think for that reason, she needs a new nickname because she's brand new. She's a completely different fighter. It's nice. Do you know? I know that she's been through a tough time and she is our mate. So let's, you know, be straight down the line about it. Um, obviously, we all know what's happening um, with Ryan at the moment. And it was nice to see Molly pay tribute to him with the shirt yeah. backstage and the Irish flag and all those types of things. Um, right, yeah. and, we, and he's still in everybody's thoughts in the MMA community. Hopefully he's, uh, he's doing okay. Um, but from, but from Molly's point of view, she has had a tough 12 to 14 months, obviously from Madison square garden to this particular point at the weekend, she's down to 115 pounds. It's taken some real discipline, a lifestyle change in order just to do that from a physical point of view. But in order to do that, that takes some um, mental strength as well, of which has enabled her to maybe realign, realign, um, and, and and address a few things. And it was nice to see. She is calmer. She is more serene. Um, and she got what she deserved at the weekend. She she put in an awful amount of graft in order to get herself uh, that victory. I know that she's been desperate for a submission victory for such a long period of time. And, she, and yeah. she did it. And she did it with a fantastic performance. But let's just have a tiny little bit of real talk because, yeah, she's our mate and we do go crazy for it. Um, she's beaten a woman that she's already beaten before. That's straight. That's straight up. With all due respect to to Belbita, she ain't that good. She's got no. two wins in the UFC. Um, granted, the what time that she did fight Molly was her UFC debut, and that was the thing that I was thinking. Like, okay, you can you can allow her for that. Um, it's a great confidence booster win. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind about that. Molly needed that. She's got the confidence booster now. Let's see what's what when you get stuck into a mid level straw weight. Let's see what's what. Because Belbita's not mid-level. I I think Molly McCann absolutely is and could go beyond. But mm -hmm. that is a confidence booster at the weekend. Good stuff. There's a couple of fights that I would love to see Molly have, especially if she's going to come home and she's going to do it on that Manchester card in the middle of the year. The obvious one screaming off the page is let's go and get her debut back. Let's go and do Gillian Robertson. Gillian yeah. Robertson's now down in weight. We all saw what happened in Liverpool on Molly's debut. I mean, that was a disaster in a way because Molly missed weight at 125. She ends up having that fight, gets submitted. Not the greatest start in the UFC. She is, as you just rightfully pointed out, a completely different person now, a completely different fighter in a completely different weight division. Gillian Robertson's a name, ranked 15 as well. So I would class that as that mid. Go and get it. Go and get the Gillian Robertson fight for Manchester. And let's see where you're at at straw weight. Before we then start talking about Michelle Waterson, Carolina Kovalkiewicz, and maybe some of the others that are a little bit further up the rank. Julian Robertson is what I want to see next, mate. Don't know where you're at. 
Yeah, listen, I'd, I'd take any of those three, to be totally honest with you. I think Gillian Robertson makes most sense. She's the she's the lowest-ranked straw weight out of the top 15, but still there's a narrative there with Molly. Right, you've rematched the girl you've beaten before. Have you pulled your camera out, Sunshine? Do you not want to speak to us? I can still hear you, so you can still chat away. Oh, there? oh it's overheated. Bloody camera's overheated again. Oh, mate, you might have to go to your old camera. What's going on here? For people that aren't uh, watching uh, the... Uh... The YouTube stream as we uh, as we're here right now, and are only just listening to the show. My man, is, you can still he can still talk to you because he's microphone. Stay there, kids. Don't go anywhere. But his camera has decided that it doesn't want to have him on the TV anymore. You know what I mean? Maybe you should set the hint. <laughs> maybe you should do the whole. Maybe you should do the whole show like this. Let me change that camera. Will that let me do it mid? Thing. It should do. Get it unplugged. Get it whipped out, and get the uh, your normal camera on, lad. Apologies, ladies and gentlemen. Just bear with us one second. I don't think anybody really wants to look at my face anyway, do they? In uh, full 4K HD definition, he's just cleared off for a second. I've no doubt he's going to be back in a moment or two. It'd be interesting to see what you think about the Molly McCann. Uh, situation at the weekend good confidence booster she did look good is he coming back it is there you go hey, about that. Yeah, my brand new camera overheated not for the first time i'll be getting back to them old okay. school we're back in the game as you were saying you're not uh listen julian robertson obviously with the narrative michelle waterson carolina kavalkiewicz make an awful lot of sense for manchester middle of the year yeah and again you know i'm, I'm all about all three of those fights those three are the perfect fights uh, Kavalkiewicz brings something different, but she's at a back end of a career. Likewise, Karate Hottie, you know, big, big attraction, certainly on the on the uh, other side of the Atlantic. That's a real name as well. But Both Julian strikers Robertson, as well. So, for, yeah. so, so matchup-wise, it works. It, it's I, a I, spectacle. Exactly. And I just think Molly in her post-fight kind of said that as well when she did a post-fight interview backstage with the media. Um, she was kind of like, listen... I'm new. I'm in this division. I feel fantastic. I think I've just made a bit of a statement, but I'm not going to get carried away myself. You know, I've made the changes I believe that can help me one day become a champion. But that's, I'm not, I'm paraphrasing now. She's not saying give me a title fight now, but she is saying, listen, you know where I'm at. Give me the right fights to build back towards. I think what she means by that is, you know, you threw me in with two jujitsu girls. I got, I got sub twice. You put me in with a girl that's a striker. I get a finish, you know? So if you're going to put me back in again, you know what the situation is. Don't throw me in with a jujitsu black belt ranked number two in the world because I ain't there yet. Give me an, and listen, the UFC is not about favorable matchups, of course, but it's no. about entertaining matchups. But, and Carolina Kavalkovich, mm -hmm. Michelle Waters and Gomez, Julian Robertson are all girls that are ranked in the strawweight division and may well start even in Manchester as favorites against Molly. They probably would. Well, Gillian would, because she's beaten her previously. Exactly. So I think that's the... From a narrative point of view, go and get that one back. Um, congratulations, Molly. Delighted for you. Um, I know how much work you put in over the last uh, 14 months to get yourself to that uh, particular spot at the weekend. Next time, let's do it in front of fans, yeah? Yeah. Man. All right? Absolutely. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. 
So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, main event, right. <sighs> Settle in, kids. <laughs> Firstly, you don't have to go and watch this back. We're going to tell you. <laughs> we're going to tell you all about. You. We're going to tell you all about it because sadly, we watched it. Right? Um, Roman Delidze, Nazruddin Imovov. I've got to be honest. I'm really disappointed in Roman Delidze. The guy that turned up in Me too. Uh, in uh, in London, yeah, against Marvin Vittori was brilliant, and I thought he was very unlucky against Marvin Vittori not to come through and get a victory there. Um, whether that's affected him uh, from his mental approach to fights, I don't know. But this against Nazrudi Imovov, he very he didn't really do anything for 25 minutes. He didn't really do anything, and that's not to say that Imovov did amazing things, but he absolutely did more uh, than Roman Delidze. The crazy thing about this is that when you look at these cards, 49, 44, 48, 46 and a 47-47. Okay, 47-47 does sound a little bit crackers, but you've got a unified scoring criteria. When you take a step back and actually analyze it, you can come just about to that conclusion. The debates for me are all the judges score the first round to Imavov, I think we all agree that Imavov takes the first round. The debate is, is it a 10-8 round as one of the judges did score? Yeah, the first round, I thought it was a 10-8 round, to be honest. I thought he'd just done enough. I think the finish towards the end, the, I think it was an arm bar, wasn't it, right at the end? He took a bit of a shellacking in that round as well. There's a lot of ground and pound there as well, isn't there? A lot of ground There was an awful lot of ground and pound, yeah. So I Unanswered. Uh, Exactly. I, I thought it was the dream start. It was the dream opening five minutes for uh, him above. And I don't think the Lidzi managed to recover from it at all. Um, he struggled to get out of that first round. And then when he did get out of that first round, I think for the rest of the fight, he was struggling against exhaustion because he put so much effort into surviving that opening round that I think he really struggled. Uh, and to be honest, the judges' scorecards were all over the place. One judge added as a draw, 47-47. Genuinely, you've got no idea what that guy was watching. Well, uh, if well, the reason why he's got to 47-47, he hasn't scored the victory for Delizze, has it? Because there's a point deducted in four because of the kick. Yes. So he scored that 3-2 in favour of Imovov. With the point because off, of the sorry. point off in, in four, that what brings it to 47-47. The debates are two of the three judges have given... Roman de Lidze round number two. Two. Right? And one of those judges, the one that scores it 47-47, has scored him round number four as well. All right? Yeah, so we give him the round. Yeah, the point docked off him. So effectively, yes. after it came a 10-8 round yes. for that judge. Exactly. Sorry, yeah. exactly that. So if you look at round number two, after after what you've just seen in round number one, you've, you've concluded it very similar to me because I'm right on that cusp of, is it a 10-8? Right, mm -hmm. so you go 10 8 round number one. Round number two, I'm even though I'm disappointed with the Lidze, I'm really disappointed with Imovov. Nothing happens, mate. For five minutes, you think you've just nailed you've nearly got this kid out. You can see that he's yeah. visibly shook. 
let's go through the gears and finish this fight and make a statement because you need this much as anybody else. You've had a little bit of a torrid time over the last year or so when you were on a bit of a rise and he doesn't do anything. And I think he op- he leaves the door wide open because we've got unified scoring criteria for us to interpret, well, hang on a minute, who did the more cleaner, effective work? It's only minimal. I'm not surprised that two of the judges have swayed towards the Lindsay in that round because fuck all happens. Like literally nothing happens in it. Well, I think that the only thing I can score in favour of the Lindsay in that round, though, is he was clinching up against the fence and held position. But when when there was exchanges, briefly when there was exchanges, Imovov's hands were so much better than the Lindsay. So even though the Lindsay had avoided the type of punishments he took in round number one, mm. he did that by stalling up against the fence, by holding him clinch. And that's something he did throughout the fight as well. I thought he was from start to finish. And again, the first round was a tough round, man. And it's hard to bounce back after a round like that. But I was really disappointed with Roman Delizzi. You said it at the top. I was really disappointed. I, I, To be honest, I thought he'd come through this. I thought he'd be too strong for Imamov. I thought he'll be fired up after getting robbed in London. This guy's coming and he's coming on a mission. And instead, he walked in there and Imamov was too sharp for him, far too accurate. His, his punches were much cleaner. His kicks to the body much cleaner. All Delizzi had was that clinch up against the fence and very little else. I I thought I was quite happy if you scored this fight five nil him above. Yeah, it was only I did. The, it was only the point off that that brought it into any kind of conversation. 49, 45 or whatever. 49, well, 49, 44. I had it. So I had a 50, 44 with the 10, 8 rounds, and I took a point off. So 49, 44, like yeah. one of the judges. Yeah. And I agree. I completely agree. I I when I scored it, I've only watched it once. There's no chance I'm going back and watching it again. Uh, but when I did score it, I gave all five rounds uh, to Nazardin Imovov. I didn't think the Lidze did enough in round two. I can see the argument for it. I can't see the argument in four. Um, we need to change the rule for grounded opponents, mate. Yeah, because true. because what happened again? I'm not advising anybody to go and watch this fight back because it's rubbish. Um, <clears throat> the grounded, very similar to what we saw in the Arnold Allen. Uh, Mosvoy Evluev uh, fight where you've got two feet on the soles of the feet on the on the floor uh, with uh, with that one hand down, obviously basically uh, insinuating that you're a grounded opponent. And this is even more blatant from Roman de Lidze. He's getting out grappled, outstruck, and he literally just puts his hands down for a breather. Um, and then Imovov backs off and boots him in the head. Um, by the current rules, it's correct. Uh, Dean is correct. It's an, it is absolutely a point deduction under the current rules, but the rule needs to change. And we highlighted it on last week's show uh, that uh, the head of the California State Athletic Commission has actually put that forward. I believe it's been passed at entry level. So when it goes to the top, top, we're now changing the rules type of conversation. Um, I fully anticipate that the rule for grounded opponents, just being able to put your hand down and stop attacks to the head, uh, will will change forthwith because that was just ridiculous. Yeah, the current rule at the moment, just just to be, re, we go over this one again because we, we, when we discussed it after Arnold Allen, we mentioned something called the three points of contact, but that's actually not true. Just want to go back and, and, and re-inform people here. Three points of contact with the ground doesn't represent a ground of the opponent. That's a fallacy. The actual rule as it currently stands is anything but your soles or your feet 
Anything but the soles of the feet touching the ground represents a ground of the opponent. Whether that's a hand, whether that's your butt, whether that's a knee, doesn't matter. Anything except the soles of your feet represents a ground of the opponent. Obviously, Emmanuel was playing to those rules here. Deliberately put that wasn't a weight bearing arm. He was just put his arm down to go. He wanted a breather. Can't do anything here. And obviously, he takes a kick to the face. And thankfully, listen. There's two ways to look at this. Imov, yes, absolutely had to have a point taken off. It was a deliberate foul. Delidze, all credit to him. Man that he was, he didn't get, he didn't bail. He could have bailed at that point. He could have taken no contest. Man. Imovov, mm. either no contest or even a disqualification. You know, mm. just like um, if you remember when uh, Aljamain Sterling won the title, mm. he was a disqualification for a grounded opponent. So he could have, Delidze could have got Imov disqualified here and rode off with the win. He didn't. He manned up. He continued the fight, and the fight continued, and the pattern it was already in. So, credit for the lid for not bailing on it, but still, you're right. Once again, it just flags up. That's a couple of weeks now, back to back, where that rule needs to be addressed, and it needs to be addressed quickly to avoid what could have been. The lid could have won by disqualification, there, and yeah. we'd be on here going, "What the fuck, man!" Yeah, yeah. So it needs to be sorted. Needs to be sorted quick. Uh, did round three. Uh, in Moicano versus Dober, did uh, Dober's shots for you um, when they were event- when they were on the feet? Did they outweigh what Marcano did uh, on the ground with his effective grappling? Um, no, I thought this was the right winner. Yeah. I thought twenty nine twenty eight in favour of uh, Moicano was a fair result. I thought it was a great fight. Don't get me wrong, brilliant backwards and forwards. You win a round each. Moicano dominates yeah. the first round with some top control. Dober comes back into it in round two with some heavy shots and a beautiful couple of sweet takedowns, little power slams, belly-to-belly suplexes, all that kind of good stuff. And he tries to do it again in round three, makes a mistake, ends up on bottom. Moicano's in top now thank- and starts raining down shots and dominating from top. I, I thought he won the third round. I think Drew Dober at the end of it. When the score was read out as well, he kind of accepted it. It was a mistake from Dober chasing that takedown that led to Moicano getting the opportunity to win the fight on top. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree with you, mate. Um, I, lo- I love when... Post-fight uh, interview. His dad, mate. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> what do you want me to say about that? Moicano's post-fight interview was just insane, insane. I remember watching it live because I, I stayed up and watched it. It was like you know, when you're half asleep. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, listen, I'm, I'm buzzing because I'm still on cloud nine because of Molly, but this is this is buzzing along now. I had a couple of beers in me. My eyes are starting to get heavy. I did fall asleep versus him about versus Delincey. I had to go back and watch that yesterday. Yeah. But I'm watching Moicano versus Dober through like half shut eyes. And I'm like, oh, that was a good fight. That was good. Yeah, I think that was the right winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the interview happens. And I know he's bonk. I know he's, you know, mad as a boxer. He's great. Folks, so he's great. Yeah, he's superb. And the interview happens. I'm like, brilliant. 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 And I'm like, and he hit the nail on the head when I think it was Sanko said, wow, there's a lot to unpack there. And I'm like, no shit. He's just giving about six different threads to follow up and go off on. That's what it's all about, man. Do it with the microphone as well. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Rude boy, Randy Brown. I think that's six in seven now. Uh, Stopping Muslim Salakov. Great win. 
textbook one-two. Do you know, like when you get taught how to do the one-two feet position, yeah. hit position, jab, bang, follow it right through, punch through the target. And okay, it's a clipper, but it's yeah. a beauty in it. It's an absolute yeah. beauty of a shot from Rude Boy Randy Brown. Uh, and that's why he ended up getting himself a little bonus at the end of the night. Yeah. The the cool thing about it was they, they picked up on it on commentary when Randy Brown looked at his corner. Mate. I know I've seen it. Like the corner team must have said X, Y, Z. And whether it was he's open to the one, two, I don't know. Obviously, I don't know. But it was just nice that Randy Brown went, yeah, I've seen it. Like mid-fight, yeah, I've seen it. Shh, don't worry. I've, I've got it. I've got you, man. Like he'd seen something that they were calling for him to sit. Yeah, yeah, I'm on it. But just the way he set it up. And listen, Randy Brown's one of the fucking biggest welterweights on the planet. He's absolutely massive. And he knows how to use his range. And the thing with Randy Brown is he's very talented. Yes, he's got losses on his record, but the losses are good. The good guys. You know, Bilal Muhammad, top contender in the welterweight division now. Nico Price, you know, back when he lost to Nico, Nico was a proper a proper dude. Vincente Luque, uh, uh, Magdalena last time out. These are proper, legit guys that he's lost to during his 10 years in the UFC. He very rarely loses. When he does, it's against the top guys. So Randy Brown, a bit like what we often see in the women's divisions, he's had to have his wins and his losses on the bigger stage because he got here after about fucking four amateur fights. Mm. But now he's just really, he knows how to fight long. He knows how to read fights. He knows how to read fighters. And he's starting to really put some momentum together, really put some momentum together. This was a massive win for him. Really good. I fancy them to win it, don't get me wrong, but just the way he picked that finish, as you say, straight jab, you know, jab one, two, little simple punch simple combination but when put right when put together right absolutely devastating because he uses that long reach lovely jab to spear him back lifts salakov's head up and then by then he's made the decision here comes the jab one here comes the jab right hand so jab the head up yeah there that's where i want yeah second jab bam straight right hand down the middle and as you say it comes off the top of salakov's forehead not even a clean shot i think on comms he went oh right across the chin it wasn't Come across his forehead, and it was a glancer, but it was enough to just turn Salikov's lights out. Great win. Does he have the star power, Randy Brown, to get himself the winner of Holland versus MVP? Yeah, great shout. Great shout. That's who he should have called out, to be honest with you. That's absolutely who he should have called out. Um, Does he have the star power for that? Because you know that MVP and Kevin Holland is probably going to look up, aren't they? They're going to look that way to see if they can get themselves in with some of them elite welters. But yeah. Randy Brown, 16-7, stylistically, I think against either of those two guys, it's a great fight, mate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For Randy Brown, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Absolutely. Does he have the star power to get that fight? That's the, I don't that's know. The I don't know. That's the problem. I don't know. Mm. Great performance, though. Um, we have a tie for the shortest no contest results in UFC history, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. 11 seconds. Kevin mm -hmm. Casey and Antonio Carlos Jr. Uh, with the original 11-second no contest. We've now got another one with Kizriev and Muradov. Uh, I poke, 11 seconds, fight off. Listen, it's a bad one, man. His eye just would not open, yeah. uh, Muradov. You can, see the you can see the frustration um, he wanted to fight on. And Kizriev. Jesus Christ. He has got the most suspect, undefeated record in the whole <laughs> of UFC history, hasn't he? He's been here since 2020. 
and he's still undefeated. How's that? I think he's only had one knock, hasn't he? And he's a no contest. Fight. One knock yeah. and a no contest, the lad. Still yeah. here, undefeated, four years in, kids. Yeah. Kisriev, man, it's... We just don't know how good he, he was. <laughs> he is. We just don't know. The, the shame was, Moradav come out and I'm like, you look in tremendous shape. Yeah, and, he's and you can fight. So we're going to get some answers now. We're going to get some answers to some questions. Could, could Kisriev, as talented as he, as record suggests... Not in the greatest shape, a little bit fleshy. Whereas Muradov comes out, he's like a fucking Dorito. Looked looked phenomenal. Big back, little waist. And I'm like, okay, we're going to get some answers here. 11 seconds in, fucking Kizriev scratching the back of his brain with that finger. With That was a horrific eye poke. And as soon as it went in deep, as soon as they replayed it, you were like, well, this that's done. You know, there's no way this fight is continuing now. It was that deep into his eyes. I just fucking almost instantaneously closed up. Um, yeah, I'm just gutted. I'm gutted because that was my potential tip for fight of the night. I thought, yeah. okay, Kizriev is going to have to show the world that he truly is undefeated for a reason and he's talented because Muradov will come and ask. But what did you compare him to last week? The Kaiser. The Kaiser continues. That's what the Kaiser does. I poke. Oh, no contest. Still undefeated. Still undefeated. <laughs> the fucking Kaiser marches on. Gives that sponsorship money. Yeah, still undefeated, me, lad. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Brilliant. See you in two years. See you in two, two years, years lad. <laughs> Unbelievable. Kizriev, man. The fucking hell. His nickname's like the Black Wolf or something. It's got, it's, we've got to change his nickname to the Kaiser. Yeah. We've got to change. Ali the Kaiser Kizriev. That's his new name. Brilliant. Uh, what else got you going on this card? Uh, the only other thing, of course, was the fight of the night. And it was my... I'm surprised you never started with it. It was my one to watch of 2024 as at Maxoom. That's why I didn't start with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Going to war with uh, going to war with Charles Johnson. And, uh, you know, I'll be... Listen, it was fight of the night. It was brilliant. I don't think the kid loses... Okay, he's lost his undefeated record, but he doesn't mm. lose any momentum in terms of you lose a fight of the night you're far from done you've just it just wasn't your night it almost was his night though that first mm. round that darce choke fucking hell man how did charles johnson stay conscious with a darce in that deep like come on come on old man tap or go to sleep don't just fight out of it and fucking end mike boys on defeated record but i don't know whether maxim committed to that moment and then by the time he's come out of round one he's thought shit this guy is you know a a stinky one that won't flush. What am I going to do now? And he panicked a little bit. And I think Charles Johnson took that momentum. And I've got no complaints about Charles Johnson winning rounds two and three and taking the decision. But I just think Max Zoom will still be awake at night going, how the fuck didn't he go to sleep? This is the UFC, baby. People don't tap. People fight on. As we saw, uh, we see it all the time, don't we? I was going to say... When I, whenever I think of Charles Johnson, I always think of uh, Mahat Mormakev. So I'm thinking, obviously, when his leg was bent like a banana, and he said, "No, nah, not today, mate. You can pop as many ligaments as you want, sunshine. I'm not tapping. Let's roll." Yeah. Just before we sign off on it, Natalia Silva beats Viviana Raujo also on that main card. That was the one fight that we missed. She won a points decision, two rounds to one. That was fair. Um, it again, it was like the Spider Man meme. Yeah. Fucking the both. They both looked exactly the same. Same hair, same size, same frame, 
same skin complexion, same hair color, same eye color. It was like we're fighting each other in the mirror. Um, but I just thought Silva done enough at the end of the first round to probably sway the judges. Those around Araujo came back in the second, but again, it was very similar to Delizzi. A lot of holding her up against the fence, not really much action. Come on, you've worked hard to get her there. What are you going to do with it? So I was quite disappointed with her there. But I, th I thought Natalia Silva, she's a proper fighter. You know, that's that's three fights. Uh, sorry, she's won three. She, I'll rephrase this. So Natalia Silva started the career. She only won three in her first eight fights. Mm. So she lost. She lost four. She drew one in her first eight. She only won three. That her last loss was December 2017 against Marie, Marina Rodriguez, as we know, a former, you know, fringe proper. contender in this mm -hmm. weight division, proper fighter. Since then, Silva's gone 11 and 0 since December 2017. And that's 5 and 0 in the UFC inside 18 months. That's proper. That's proper. So I think she's ready for a little step up now as well, Natalia Silva. She was asked questions in this fight, she came through the fight. She's one to watch in 2024 for sure. Mm -hmm. There you go. All eyes on the Super Bowl this week. Well, we've got a bit of UFC as well to uh, get stuck into. But all eyes on the Super Bowl. Is Dana going to drop the news of the UFC 300 main event? Something tells me that he absolutely will do. Yeah. You distracted mm -hmm. me there. Some clown message does and was like, Tom's fighting Stipe. Uh, Tom's fighting Cyril Gann. UFC 300. Yeah, okay. Get them tweets all the time. What are you doing getting activations? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in to us. You can subscribe to the Fight Disciples podcast via our website, fightdisciples.com. Everything's on there, including our store where you can get merchandise and all that type of stuff. But more importantly, the feeds to all the content. You can get it on Spotify if you wish, or you can get it on YouTube, however you want to consume as you can. Fight Disciples, go and have a little bit of a nosy hit subscribe button. There's a comment section there as well on YouTube. You can obviously interact with all the stuff that we do. You can agree, you can disagree. You can come back to us and talk to us about all different aspects of what we talk about on the show. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.